Welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast, and welcome to our spoiler-free review for Slumberland. No dream lasts forever. Sooner or later, it's time to wake up. Wake up and welcome. My name is Nate, and this is our spoiler-free review for Slumberland. Special thanks to our friends at Netflix Canada for giving us the opportunity to watch this movie early for review. If you're joining us for the first time, we are Geekcentric, a podcast focusing on the world of movies, TV shows, games, toys, and collectibles, and all things Geekcentric. Now joining me for this journey through my dreams is my fellow outlaw, Darcy the Deer Man Hudson. <laughs> I like it. Sounds good. I, mean, I know they're not deer horns. I know he's not. They're like, what are they, goat horns? That Those are got? like ram horns, I think. But I, I like to think I'm just a different version and I got antlers. I mean, absolutely. Easy enough to happen. Or there you easy, go. Believable, I guess. Enough to be believable. <laughs> Darcy, do you, Darcy, uh, you party? Oh, I party. Oh, I party. Oh, I, I party. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, I, you know, I think this was um, a movie that. Kind of caught me off uh, my guard a little bit um, based on what I was expecting going into it. Um, before we get into it, I was a little taken aback at the, I think, near the the very beginning of this movie. We get a bit of a narrative or sorry, narration that reminded me a lot of another uh, Netflix series that takes place with dreaming. Uh, probably not meant for the same audience <laughs> uh, as as this one. Um, but I wanted to ask you, uh, did you ever get a chance to watch uh, Sandman on Netflix? And, uh, you know, over, you know, high, high, high end thoughts, given that we're dealing with something, I think, in a very similar sort of this is almost like Sandman for kids, this movie. Well, I have yet to finish the series. I started it, but it came out around the same time as a billion other things. We've had a, a jam-packed year in terms of content. So it's one of those things that I've, I was trying to watch and then I, I forgot about it and started something else. But I'm a fan of the comics uh, and the original work that Neil Gaiman did. So, I mean, it is incredible. I love the idea of exploring dreams and how dreams can be connected and stuff like that. And this movie, like you said, I, I totally agree, is very much a kid's version uh, exploring into that, which I also recently fi found out after watching the movie that it's inspired by a series of comic strips from the early 1900s, which yeah, I thought was... Little Nemo in Slumberland is yeah, the name I, of them. Yeah, I thought that was, that was, you know, a revelation to me, and I'm kind of, you know, curious to see how much this show or this movie related back to that series, so... Yeah, it'll be yeah, it would be an interesting read for sure. I mean, I think the source material being from so long ago, it's kind of like I don't know how much it, it will connect. I did find it really strange when they started calling her Nemo and I was just like, you know, because I, I think the trailer does show that, like, you know, she loses her dad and it's just like, is that purposeful? Is there is there a Nemo story that I don't know of before Pixar's? Uh, finding mm. Nemo? I, I don't know. Maybe that's based on something. Um, it, it definitely makes me want to uh, do a little bit more research. But before we uh, before we wake up, let me get to the synopsis for this movie. Slumberland takes audiences to a magical new place, a dream world where precocious, where precocious, that's a tough word to say, precocious Nemo and her eccentric companion Flip embark on the adventure of a lifetime. After her father, Peter, is unexpectedly lost at sea, young Nemo's idyllic Pacific Northwest existence is completely upended when she is sent to live in the city with her well-meaning but deeply awkward uncle, Philip. Uh, her new school and new routine are challenging by day, by day, but at night, a secret map to the, to the fantastical world of Slumberland connects Nemo to Flip. 
a rough-around-the-edges but lovable outlaw who quickly becomes her partner and guide. She and Flip soon find themselves on an incredible journey traversing dreams and fleeing nightmares, where Nemo begins to hope that she will be reunited with her father once again. The film stars Marlo Barkley, Jason Momoa, Kyle Chandler, Chris O'Dowd, Weruch Opia, India de Beaufort, and Humberly Gonzalez. And Slumberland is directed by Francis Lawrence and will be streaming on Netflix on uh, November 18th. Um, so, Darcy, let's kind of get into this here. Um, I want to know kind of your initial thoughts on the movie um, kind of just right off the bat. I think, you know, I finished watching it uh, today as I was traveling to uh, to come stay with you uh, in your humble abode. I'm surrounded <laughs> by a million uh, collectibles and there's Lego everywhere. Um, and uh, and so I'm very, very happy and, and thank you for, for letting me stick around with you. But yeah, I, I finished it literally um, just as I was sort of uh, on my way to get here. Uh, and so what did you think of Slumberland? Uh, honestly, I didn't have uh, very high expectations coming into it, and I was pleasantly surprised. It was a fun story, and, and a, a you know, while at times kind of visually confusing, still rather enjoyable. And I, again, as a kids' movie, that's kind of all I could uh, ask for in something like that. That's something that's meant to you know be entertaining for a much younger audience. This one does do a good job, in my opinion, of exploring some really cool topics. Yeah, you know, I think um, Netflix at this point has been doing a pretty good job with their their sort of kid-led adventure movies. Um, you know, we got The Atom Project uh, at the earlier in the year, and, uh, and now with this one, this one does feel like it's kind of on the same scale. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got, we've got a younger actor uh, paired with a, a, you know, sort of household name, if you will, with Jason Momoa. And, um, and yeah, I think what was initially really captivating for me was Marlo Barkley, uh, and and uh, Kyle Chandler and their relationship, I think, you know, uh, but, you know, with, with her, she's she's such a young uh, actor just kind of coming off of uh, you said she was in a series that you watched. Yes, uh, I really li- enjoyed her on the, the short lived ABC sitcom uh, Single Parents with Taryn Killam. Uh, and he was uh, she was her uh, his daughter on that show. And she was, uh, again, great at an even younger age. And so seeing her get to explore a bit more, you know, emotions, I guess, or uh, more nuanced storylines in this this movie was really cool to see. And I'm looking forward to uh, her next appearance. So I think she's going to be in Spirited later this year. Yeah, that's so what I was reading as well. I am. I'm looking forward to that now even more because, again, her performance in this movie was was top notch. She's great. She had a lot of depth, I think. Um, she's, she's, it's interesting with her, with her, the way she sort of portrays the character. It was like, I, I could see it sort of working for, for every audience. Um, you know, she's, she's silly and goofy at times and kind of nerdy, if you will. Um, Mm -hmm. and as she's sort of, you know, having fun with, with Flip and, uh, and Flip, I mean, Jason Momoa, uh, this was an interesting role for him. I mean, I, I think we see him in a lot of, you know, the big buff you know, oily, you know, uh, <laughs> warrior man. And, and here we get to see him almost kind of being a little bit more of like a goofy dad. Um, though I, I do want to say as much as I really enjoyed how he was kind of playing up, he was almost like this sort of silly Johnny Depp, mad hatter, but like the coolest dad that you've ever met at the same time. And he's also a monster. I just thought there were some lines that I just didn't fully understand what he was saying because of, his big giant teeth that they they had him wearing, which 
I didn't think were actually completely necessary to complete the look of the character. I thought he would have been fine without them. Um, but there were some moments where I was just like, what, what did he say? I had to turn subtitles on because he was kind of dealing with the whole, like, you know, Halloween Fang situation. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like I said I like the character and a lot like that, but again the 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 fangs seemed unnecessary. They kind of took they went a bit too far in the makeup and, and wardrobe department that it affected his performance. I think, which is a bit unfortunate because he is so charismatic that I mean some of those lines were a bit sloppily delivered because, like you said, those teeth were in the way and, and kind of bogging down his tongue. I guess so. Yeah, that was a bit disappointing. Yeah, I think that like that's I mean, but again, I was it was a nice to see sort of a fresh role for him because again mm-hmm. he is he is um as we said he's so usually not in these kind of roles and it was it was delightful he got to show a little bit more range he was still very jason momoa oh like yeah. if you've seen jason momoa in interviews or <laughs> when he talks about his bike or when he goes swimming in the uh, you know ocean <laughs> just all the time um you know he's 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 very his character is not too far of a stray of how he actually seems to act, um, but uh, but then also we got Chris O'Dowd uh, on the cast with this one and doing an American accent, or I guess what he thought an American accent was. It was a bit strange. I don't know. I, I really was having a tough time getting used to him talking in this movie. Yeah, and I don't again. I don't know if it was a bad accent or if it's just I'm so used to his like. Irish to the core accent that yeah. I'm so used to from IT crowd and other yeah. performances of his that it was very it was very jarring to try and match up what I was hearing with what I was seeing because he is so Irish in my memory. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um so I I, I also wanted to kind of jump into sort of the the narration. I think I think for me, you know, normally with these reviews we, we try to go like what we liked, what we didn't like. I think for me, the, the cast was the, the biggest uh, thing that I really did enjoy in this movie. I thought everyone on the cast did a great job. Um, but it was, for me, it's where the, the sort of visuals and the narration start to, they go back and forth for me of, of being a highlight and also one of the biggest problems with the movie. Um, so let's start with the, with the narration. I think there's some incredibly original ideas brought to life in this movie i think the world building uh is absolutely stellar i think the characters are are really really original i think where the narrative starts to sort of uh not really work for me is in its pace its length and its predictability i felt you know again i know this is a kids movie don't get me wrong but i have seen some kids movies before that have actually surprised me quite a bit Mm. um and so i found that like I, I kept going back and forth because there would be one scene where, you know, the, again, this is more of a thing to the cast, but like the emotional uh, gravitas, if you will, of the scene that happens really pulled me in. And I, I, I did never shed a tear in this movie, but I definitely felt that. And then at times there were moments where I was kind of checking my watch. It was it was kind of some scenes were dragging on a little bit um, and it just sort of it, it sort of follows the structure of a lot of these stories, a lot of these sort of more kid-centric action movie stories mm-hmm. that you're, you've probably seen in the past. Um, so there wasn't really anything too much that surprised me. But I, I will say, again, the world building. There's a, a sequence where they, they run into a room of people um, that are made of butterflies and they're salsa dancing. And it's absolutely beautiful and stunning. Uh, and it's just one of those things where I was like, this is so cool. I want to learn more about this world. I want to see them move more from dream to dream. Uh, but I just found that like 
I, there were at a certain point, um, there were moments where I just got really bored with it at the same time. And again, I I know that we're talking about a kids movie. I I will always say that, but I just didn't. Um, I don't know. I I felt like I kept going back and forth on how much I I enjoyed the the storyline of Slumberland. Mm. I mean, maybe I'm a bit biased because I always watch my movies through the lens of, you know, uh, haze of smoke. I tend to go into these (laughs) films. That's how I enjoy stuff. It it gets me more engrossed in the world. So I don't know what it was about it, but I thought the way that they were telling this story and dealing with some concepts that are very heavy for children was like purely through the eyes of the main character being a child. And Mm -hmm. again, some of the way that they explored and went through these things, I really liked and enjoyed. I I will say that, um, again, the dreams do go by very quickly. They're not spending a lot of time in them and we're not getting to know the dreamers creating these worlds. And so that's a bit disappointing. But again, when you look at the runtime, I feel like there wasn't much that they could have taken out to you know, put that in the place. And it would, again, two hours is already pretty long for a kid's movie. And mm-hmm. I don't know, I, I don't know how much more they could have added without it going too far and feeling even longer to you. Cause again, I thought it went by pretty quickly, but I was, I was thoroughly engrossed. I shed a tear in this one. You didn't, but I did. <laughs> wow. Wow. Amazing. Well, I mean, again, I'm not saying that you, you, you can't, I'm just saying that like, I think they're, I think again, the, the, the performances in the 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 you know father daughter sort of storylines that are in this, yeah, absolutely, they could definitely hit. Um, but I I did feel like to something you said a little bit earlier there with like some of the expositional stuff. Like normally as an adult, we don't want our hands held. We do want sort of to be dropped in a world. Mm-hmm. But this movie, because it's intended for kids, I kind of felt like no no no. I felt like we should have a little bit more explanation as to how the dreams work. We should have a little bit more explanation to why certain threads are important. And I think they did a decent job of sort of um, hiding some, some, some okay reveals. Um, Again, nothing that sort of like blew me away where I was like, no way, like this is crazy. Um, But, but enough to, to still get me to the point where I was like, okay, yeah, I, I guess that I could see that coming. I guess that makes sense. Um, so I, I think, you know, from a from a st- narrative standpoint, again, I just go I go back and forth with it. Uh, for the visuals, again, I go back and forth. I mentioned the the butterfly people looked absolutely gorgeous, and there there are some parts of this world, and I think some of the scenes, you know, there's a scene with with um, with a lighthouse just near the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie that's absolutely stunning i was just like are they are they out east with me like here in in, in nova scotia um and there are, oh by the way there are some great canadian uh jokes in this movie which we'll maybe we'll touch upon in a moment but i did find that for as as inventive as the look of the movie was and the characters are sometimes the fake green screen look just really really took me out of it and and i as much as like I wanted it to work towards the subject matter of like they're in a dream, so of course it can look like uber fake and uber bright. But there were just some moments where the backgrounds looked so flat, it was like clearly digitally imposed backdrops, and they're acting on a lot. And and again, that's totally fine for for a, a, a kid's movie, but at the end of the day, if you're trying to work for, for more audiences it needs to look better than spy kids 3d and at times it didn't like there were some moments where i was like i was like well at least it's not as bad as spy kids 3d <laughs> and then <laughs> and then after, there were some car chases that started happening and i'm like this looks terrible like it looks absolutely awful and again i don't know if 
kids are going to necessarily think about that or, or care if they're just in for the ride. Uh, but it was a, there were a lot of moments where I was just like, even if this is a dream, like it's just it doesn't look good. It doesn't mm. look good. And again, you know, we we always bring up the fact that we're we're still in a pandemic. Uh, we still have people working from home doing CGI in a movie. Making getting a movie made is an impossible task, mm-hmm. uh, especially during a pandemic. Doing the CGI is incredibly difficult. So I'm not I'm not trying to say that it's 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 you know it's easy, but they it just didn't work for me in this movie, and I, I was really kind of disappointed because I think again there were at the near the beginning of the movie I'm like oh this looks fantastic I want to see more of this world, and then by the middle of the movie I was like. I don't know if I want to see any more of this world. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think I was kind of almost the opposite where it was off at the beginning. Some of those more surreal shots were really glaringly like, you know, obvious to me. I'm like, Ooh, that does look a bit rough. That is very much uh, actor on a lot surrounded by a bunch of blue screens type thing. But as the movie went on again, I found the story engaging enough that I was able to look past that. Now again, they became more fantastical because they were such like dreamscapes and the people who were dreaming them. Again, my biggest flaw with this movie, I think, comes from the fact that they didn't explain the dreamers more. Like we only get to see them for a few seconds before yeah. we're out into another dream, and it's like, no, I want to understand why they're dreaming this because that's kind of like the root of the story is why people dream what they dream and and stuff like that. And they again, they didn't focus on it enough outside of the main character which was a, was again a bit disappointing as an adult but for a kids movie again the, I, the pacing was enough that I was on board halfway through I'm just okay well, I am I'm invested I want to see how this ends and I I feel like a lot of kids will probably share my sentiment <laughs> for sure I think I think to your to your point it's like the reason the cast also there, there's not much sort of that um dips for me from a performance standpoint is because they kept the cast kind of tight knit. Very tight. They, they yeah. didn't expand it. We're not getting a team up movie though. Though. I mean, if the movie does well enough, Netflix has been known to kind of push out a sequel. So it's possible there could be a slumberland too, where maybe we do get a little bit more of that, or it's a, a different group of, of people dreaming, but, but it's just, I think to your point, um, there, the, the, the timeline, like the, the, the pacing for the movie there are moments where I do think they could have taken some stuff out. I think they could have shaved about 10, maybe even 15 minutes out of the middle of this movie uh, and given a, a little bit more of a tight-knit, easier-to-follow sort of story. There's a, there's a bit of bloat um, narratively as well. I do want to say, though, for the humor, I, I was laughing uh, a little bit. I was smiling throughout. I think the parts that hit me the most are the parts that hit home for us with with the Canadian jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought there's some, you know, um, some good Isaac Smith plays this the, the, this Canadian dreamer. Uh, and I won't spoil the joke, but it, it, it was um, it was pretty funny. And they, they sort of went back to it a few times. And there's even a Timmy's reference, which was pretty great. And I was like, oh, yeah, let's go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I think, again, we, even with the humor was where I'm like, oh, I'm kind of like up and down on it, where there are a lot of moments of physical humor that just were really, really silly that I'm just like, okay, well now you're, now you're, you're really pushing for like the youngest audience, not even the age of the, the actor, the lead actor that's in this movie, you're pushing for an even younger Mm -hmm. demographic with some of these jokes. And unfortunately they just, they didn't really get for me. And I think it's kind of the same thing that I felt when we were talking about the Santa Clauses um, for, for Disney, where 
I, there was a lot of humor that just really didn't hit for me. And, and you kind of hope going into these movies that they've gotten used to by now, the I- idea of writing humor for both adults and their kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't really feel that as much in this in this movie. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you there that the physical humor was where I was kind of taken out of it because the banter between the cast that we did have was so strong. And like the, the friendship that was being built between the main, uh, Marlo, uh, sorry, the friendship that was being built between Nemo and Flip as the movie went on was great. And I also love Flip and the agents back and forth. You know, everything about the characters interacting with each other was great. But as soon as it was a, a physical comedy joke and very slapstick, it was like, okay, that's that's a bit too much for me. Yeah, I I also want to just shout out, like, again, Agent Orange. Like, I you know, I think the the actor was great, but I didn't really understand the motivations behind like why was she chasing them and and why why you know what's what's the the reasoning for for a lot for a lot of the middle of the movie happening and they they just don't give enough to explain it i also want to just shout out like the the sort of the the 80s style technology bureau uh agency i believe she said it was stuck in the 70s so. okay sorry <laughs> 70s whatever 80s 70s technology like bureau uh in, of imaginary things like we saw it earlier with um what was that vampire movie on netflix that came out recently that we reviewed um day shift um i i found that like you know there's a there's an agency of of vampire people uh, killers in day shift and it's just like it's getting a little stale at this point. It's like, cool, I know Loki did it and did an amazing job with it. And it's like, we don't need to do that every single time. But uh, again, um, I, I think for me, it's it's really just kind of going up and down um, in this movie. And again, I, I think because of the cast, I wanted to to love this movie even more. Um, I, and and I, I still enjoyed it. Like, I, th- I still think it's a good time. I still think it's a movie that you're going to put on with your kids and, and watch it. Um, and, and they might remember moments from it and you might remember moments from it. I just don't know if the entire thing is, is overall memorable. And, and if anything, I think it's biggest success is that it, it makes a, you know, it makes me really excited to see, uh, what Marlo Barkley does mm-hmm. next, uh, in her next role. Yeah. I'm, I'm feeling very similar in that it was up and down. The story was great. The characters were great and stuff like that. It's just, it left me wanting more that they didn't go to. And again, I understand it is for kids, but like you said, there are kids movies that do a better job of, of answering some of those questions that parents might have. So I agree with you there. Uh, I think my biggest takeaway from this thing is I, I love the fact that it, it deals with a very strong concept in grief. And I feel like it's, this movie will be a very good, you know, tool to almost help kids who are going through very difficult times and, and losses and stuff like that kind of cope and understand what what's going on with them and what how things are changing for them. Because again, that was what really resonated with me was the message that they were trying to sell throughout the over, overall movie. Yeah, I think the messaging is uh, another strong point of the movie uh, for sure of the narrative, uh, and I think we get a lot of that through, um, you know, I think uh, Chris O'Dowd specifically mm-hmm. i think we do mm-hmm. get to sort of see a little bit more of that connective tissue um darcy let's get to our final thoughts our overall thoughts and rating on the the movie which we're going to be rating on a scale of one to five pigs named pig we didn't even talk about pig he was Dude, great pig he was, was great one of my favorite parts i don't care how 
not great the CGI for Pig looked at times. There were some moments though where where you know she's cuddling up with Pig as it's alive, and I was like, that's that fantastic. I absolutely mm-hmm. love that Pig mm-hmm. was. Um, I mean, you know, it's a little, it's a little cute little pig. How can you be upset? They definitely got that idea from Disney in terms of a, a cute, cuddly sidekick animals. Because I mean, every animated movie has one of them. So Dude. I like how they brought that little flair to it. <laughs> you gotta have a cute sidekick animal. Uh, Darcy, <laughs> what are your are your final thoughts for uh, for Slumberland? Again, I I enjoyed the movie a lot more than I thought I would. A lot of that goes comes down to the cast that we did get to see and the banter between them, the characters they that they had developed were really engaging in my opinion uh, and I really enjoyed that and again the messaging really really re- st- struck home for me and I, I thought it was really cool to see and I, I, I'm looking forward to sharing this with the younger generation that I'm, I'm aware of being like this is a, a really cool movie and it, it I wouldn't mind watching it again is what I'm saying I guess and I definitely recommend uh, showing it if you've got youngsters at home it's a, a really cool journey that again really brings light to some difficult concepts that aren't the easiest to talk about. So overall, uh, very pleasantly surprised while the, some of the humor and the, uh, set design in terms of the CG took me out of it a bit. I still came out of it with a very positive, uh, you know, mindset. So I'll be giving this one 3.5 out of five pigs named pig pigs named pig. Um, yeah, overall, I think as you were saying, slumberland, excels through its great cast um fantastic leading performance by marla barkley she's so fresh as an actor um but she's showing so much range in this movie chris o'dowd kyle chandler as we were saying they're more the connective tissues for the adult audience uh and then we have jason momoa hamming it up like the coolest dad you could possibly Mm -hmm. dream of um (laughs) he's he's very jason momoa-esque um he's like two parts momoa and one part flip the outlaw um, and again, it's so it's so refreshing to see him in a role that's not just a big, giant, muscly warrior dude, uh, even though he does sort of kick some butt in this movie, too, at times. Um, there are some great emotional moments in the movie surrounding brotherhood, parenthood, loss. And I think those themes, as you were saying, Darcy, they I think those really did hit for me. They, they did a really good job. But I think that a lot of that has less to do with maybe the overall storyline and more to mm. do with the performance of the people that are actually mm-hmm. making me feel those emotions are, are are in their in the way they're acting rather than exactly what they're saying um i i again i think some great imaginary and original visuals um but then those visuals quickly devolve into flat green screen moments with really rough cgi that looked more like a nightmare than a dream at times and uh and I think the again the world building the characters are a lot of fun, very unique. I I would honestly take a stab at another story uh, mm-hmm. in this world. I'd I'd be down to see it. Um, but I think this movie is as predictable as most child led action movies. Um, I think again the Canadian humor, awesome. Uh, the the silly, dumb, like really sometimes poorly timed slapstick humor wasn't really for me and again it's a kids movie so maybe they'll they'll giggle at some people falling down or what have you but basically what i'm saying is uh, again i think throughout this entire review i went back and forth with this movie over the course of the outstretched two hour runtime but the cast performances and the concepts uh i think uh did enough for me to give it a decent 3.5 out of five pigs named pig Well, that's it. We hope you enjoyed the spoiler-free review for 
Slumberland. Uh, and if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And if you want to write into the show with your thoughts on this series or any of the movies or shows we cover, well, listen, just close your eyes. Close them right now. Start to drift off to Slumberland. And there you'll meet a beautiful dear man <laughs> named Darcy, who's an outlaw, who's going to tell you how you can reach us. Yeah, I got to say, Momoa's physique in this movie was very much similar to my own, so I related to that a lot. <laughs> there you go, yes. <laughs> uh, well, they can always reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or if that's too much like a nightmare and you want to have a peaceful slumber, you can always reach out to us on Twitter at GeekcentricYT or on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. Yeah, I mean, the hair, definitely. Uh, and then also your hooved feet that nobody knows right? about. I totally. think uh, those exactly. really, yeah, really <laughs> were great in the movie. Uh, keep in mind, we have a ton of other episodes covering the latest and greatest movies and shows out now, like our recent spoiler-free review uh, for The Santa Clauses. Uh, we have a spoiler-free review out now for the uh, Disney original documentary, uh, Mickey, the Story of a Mouse. We also have spoiler-free reviews for MythiQuest Season 3, Zootopia Plus, Blockbuster, Wendell and Wild, Tales of the Jedi, Clerks 3, and Black Adam. And we have a ton of interviews, like our most recent interview with the cast and crew of Disney Plus. Justin sat down with the director and directors and producer of that series, and I got a chance to sit down and talk to the legends, Don Lake and Bonnie Hunt. So you can tune into that here on Podcast Services, uh, or you can hop. I know I said I was never going to do it again, you but said, you can hop you on over. Done. It's fine. You can still do it. You can hop on over on your, your stuffed bunny that comes to life in your dreams. Uh, and you can, go, you can <laughs> hop on over to, to YouTube at youtube.com slash geekcentric. Darcy, thank you so much for joining me for this, uh, this sleepy review. And as we say, love you. Laters. Laters.